When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, welcome or welcome back to the kingdom. Happy new week. It's the last week of March, which means that I don't know what that means. That's like we're almost in April, which means we are like basically at the end of the year. We're literally at the end of the year, you guys. It's actually ridiculous. How? Time is flying by so fast. I'm excited for warm weather, though. There's nothing like warm weather in New York City. Everyone's out and about. Everyone is just, like, hustling and bustling. Well, they always are hustling and bustling. But, like, everyone is just happier, I feel like, when it's warmer. Like, the other day, I think it was, like, 60-something. Everyone was out and about. Everyone was, like, stunting their little outfits. You could just see, like... The streets of the Lower East Side were bustling with vibrance, with energy. And I just liked it. If you're watching on video, I'm testing out a new like setup. I think I like the setup. The only thing I don't like is the mirror that's behind me. So I'm trying to like use my head to block it so that the sun isn't reflecting like behind me. But other than that, I really like the setup. I feel like this could be, you know my new setup going forward because the title of this podcast is welcome to the kingdom it, like it just looks like when you're in this room it just looks like this is oh my gosh is there a fly it looks like this is the oh there's a mosquito how did a mosquito get in here damn i killed it i killed it okay so today's episode is actually there's two parts because i thought i wanted to record about something else and then i realized like i actually want to record about you know how, what to look for in a church or like how i found my church a couple of you guys said that you really want that episode because you know you're also church shopping or church hunting or maybe you just want a different vibe so I thought I would do an episode on what to look for in a church um, or I mean, I guess not what to look for, but what I looked for when I was church hunting, what I'm actively searching for in a church, um, because sometimes I feel like my standards are a bit too high. I don't know. I just like I feel like when you know, you know, it's kind of like finding like a boyfriend or a husband or something or like a job or a car or anything, any big commitment, 
it takes a lot of work because you don't want to just settle for anything. You don't, you don't want to just settle for a church because like that's the nearest one to you or something. I don't know, you know? And I think for a long time, I was just going to whatever church that my parents were going to, obviously. If I live with my grandma, I'm going to her church. If I live with my mom, I'm going to her church. So looking for a church on my own in a new city was very, it's been a very weird, it's been a weird search because I just really love some churches, but I'm like, there's just like one or two things that are like off about it for me. And let's get into that. Let us get into it. I forgot to clap to sing the audio. So let me clap to sing the audio. Three, two, one, clap. Okay, cool. Before we get into the episode, though, we're going to do what I'm welcoming and exiling from the kingdom this week. Do you guys like my hair for watching the video? <laughs> I keep saying it for watching on video. I'm so sorry to my audio listeners. Ever since I switched to audio, it feels like I've... No, ever since I switched to visual, feels like I've abandoned all my audio listeners. And I keep referencing what I look like on camera or what's going on on the camera. I get it. I am strictly a, an a, uh, I don't know. I'm strictly a, an audio listener. Like I'm strictly someone who will only listen to a podcast. Like I'm not gonna watch a podcast. I'm only gonna listen to it because I like to have it like in the background of things. Okay, sometimes I will play it if the person has a video, but it's mostly me like. Um cleaning or getting ready or something and i have a podcast on so i don't really care to look at what they look like but a lot of you do so i'm happy about that actually and i also get to clip up these audio ones no i get to clip up audio and visual are beating my behind right now okay i get to clip up the visual stuff i did the first one yesterday i'm very happy with it I clipped it up to like to post on TikTok and reels or shorts, you know, because I'm hearing, you know, the streets are saying that that's the number one way to promote your podcast these days is to take clips of it and post it on TikTok. So that's really mainly the reason why I switched to visual was so that I could have clips of it to post on TikTok and stuff. And I did the very first one yesterday. So I'm actually kind of happy with the way that it's doing i think people are liking it and i like how people can engage with it so you know the instagram is at wttk podcast tiktok is at wttk podcast so hopefully with that we can grow a bit more my main goal for this year is growing on the podcast i just want more listeners because i'm selfish <laughs> No, I just actually want more listeners because I think that I I love my podcast. And I know the people who listen love it too. So I know that the more people that get to listen, the more people that will love it and love me. And I just want people to love me. <laughs> but most importantly, I want people to love God. So yeah, that's my that's my real reason. Just kidding. I'm not kidding. I don't know what I'm kidding about or not kidding about. 
Okay, let's dive into what I'm welcoming and what I'm exiling this week. <laughs> what I'm welcoming this week, I only have one thing on my list and it's Rubis tea. I got put on to South African Rubis tea for the first time. I think this Monday, actually, yeah, on Monday. Oh my goodness, have I been obsessed ever since, you guys. I didn't know this was a thing that existed in the universe. I didn't know this was a thing in the world and I am just so happy to have discovered it. Um, oh man, so good. I went to a tea house with a friend on Monday and she was like, you know, let's have some Rubis tea. I was like, oh, I don't know what that is. And we got it and it was the most amazing thing I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I just like, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I've never loved anything more. I'm just kidding. I just, I'm obsessed. I bought it on Amazon the very next day, got it delivered. I had three cups of tea yesterday. I had two cups of tea in the morning. And then later that day, I was like, oh, I just had such a productive day. Like, let me applaud myself with another cup of Rubis tea. <laughs> so then I got another cup. I made another cup. And then this morning I had one more. I'm probably going to have another one later this evening. Like, I just cannot stop myself. I just can't. I just can't stop myself. I can't. I cannot. I can't. I'm being controlled by the Rubis plant. <laughs> I'm being controlled by the Rubis tea. Like, I generally can't stop myself. I crave it every second of the day. It's so good. Please. It's also spelled R-O-O-I-B-O-S. So I think I'm pronouncing it right. But, ah, oh, you guys should try it. If, if you guys like tea, if you're, like, tea lovers like me, please try some Rubis tea. Okay. What I'm exiling. And this one is a bit of a deep one. So we're going to go into it for a couple minutes before I talk about, you know, what to look for in a church. Because this was actually what I wanted to record this episode about. And I decided to change my mind. But I thought, you know, if I don't make it a full episode, I can at least just put it in the beginning. Because I think it's a very powerful message, okay? And I'm about to blow your mind. So I'm exiling the need, the need for... I'm exiling the need for my seed to look alive. <laughs> um, and you're going to say, Karen, what are you talking about? Well, let me explain a bit further. You know, let me explain a bit further. So, yeah, the one thing I'm exiling this week or, you know, this for the rest of my life, honestly, is... For, is the need for my seed to look alive. And what that means is that, you know, when we embark on something or when we bring something to God, it's usually a seed. Like, and I'm going to just talk about it in terms of my life so that it makes sense to you the way it made sense to me yesterday. Because I was reading the Bible yesterday, having a bit of quiet time, and God just spoke to me in like the craziest way that I really, really needed. And I think this that's the most this is the most powerful word I've gotten from God in this current season of my life. Here it goes. So 
Example, I am embarking on making social media my full-time job. I, <laughs> especially this podcast, like I really want this podcast to be my main thing. But I'm embarking on making social media my full-time job. And with that, I'm basically sowing a seed in these early stages. The more I post, the more I, you know, go out there, create content, post pictures, vlogs that I'm posting, podcast episodes that I'm posting, all these things that I'm doing, right? These are all seeds that I'm sowing in hopes that it will germinate and grow into this big, beautiful, fruitful tree that will provide for my life. I'm planting the seeds of YouTube and podcasts and all of these things right now so that it'll grow. And once it grows, it'll start bearing fruit that I can eat off it. So I'm essentially, I want this to be what I eat off. So I'm growing this tree right now so that one day I can eat off it, you know? Um, and I've been a bit discouraged because maybe I'll post something and it doesn't get the amount of likes I need it to, or, you know, I'll message like 20 brands and I won't hear back from any, you know, all these things. Like, I, it feels like I'm putting in a lot of work and I'm not really seeing anything right away, which is normal because I just got back into it. Like, it's not just going to boom, take off. And maybe it can, but it hasn't been. And I am thinking that, oh, man, this is like, is this a sign that, like, I'm just going to keep sowing and sowing and sowing and I'm not going to be reaping anything? Or, like, why doesn't it look like this? Or maybe I'll go on Instagram and I'll see influencers and I'm like, what I want to get invited to this brand deal or I want to get invited to this brand trip. I want to have this brand deal. Why didn't this brand hit me up for this campaign? All these things or, you know, I'm reaching out to networks for my podcast. Why don't they want to have me on? All these things, all these questions, right? And basically what God told me yesterday was that I am sowing a seed and I'm and I'm <laughs> I want the seed to be alive while I sow it right and God said for a seed to come to life a seed will not come to life unless it's dead if it's not dead then it's not a seed so imagine you like eat you know an apple or like an orange and you're like oh I want to make an orange tree so are you going to are you going to plant the orange in the ground like the full orange and like as a whole no the orange has to die like the orange has to be the orange does has to be not an orange like it does it has to be a seed <laughs> a seed is dead a seed is not a ripe fruit. You're thinking, duh. I hope you're following me, okay? Please follow me carefully, okay? I hope, God, please give me the strength and give me... Let me say it how I feel it. <laughs> Sarah Jakes Roberts says this all the time. Oh, Lord, let me say it how I feel it. 
but what we're doing when we start something maybe oh what happens when we are sowing a seed for something let's say you're an artist and you just started painting you know you're sowing seeds that one day you will be an artist full-time or you know how to do hair and makeup and you just started you know you got a couple clients but nothing really full-fledged and you're looking on the internet you're like wow this girl has so many clients why can't i be like that blah 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 a lot of times we like to compare where we are in our journey in our journey and so often we're sowing a seed like we're in the seedling stage of our journey right a seed does not come to life unless it's dead your your situation what you're trying to grow will not come to life unless it's dead how do you bring something to life it has to die first right so it has to look dead to you are you picking up what i'm putting down are you picking up what i'm putting down okay so here's how i came to this realization right i was reading first corinthians 15 verse 35. if you have time read verse 35 to 58 but i'm just gonna read like a couple verses verse 35 it says but someone will ask how are the dead raised what kind of body will they come in how foolish what you sow does not come to life unless it dies 37 and this was the part where my mind was blown verse 37 when you sow you do not plant the body that will be but just the seed okay so let's say you have this big goal and dream you have this vision for yourself you you have you have a goal of where you want to be in life where you your life what you want your life to look like blah 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 but when you're sowing, you don't you don't plant that dream. You plant a seed. So when we get discouraged that our lives doesn't look like the dream that we want, our lives doesn't look like the vision that we have for ourselves, all this stuff, it's almost like we're expecting to plant a fruit. We're expecting to plant the fruit that has already been grown and just like big, juicy, bouncy fruit. We're expecting that to be what our life is now when God is saying that it has to be a seed. And when we're planting something, when we're sowing something and you're planting in, in the ground, that's not what's going to spring up, right? Your life right now, how empty you feel like it is or how unfruitful you feel like it is or maybe the business isn't taking off the way you want to you're not getting the the numbers your finances like all of these things look really small and dead you're not in the place you want to be in life like all of these circumstances around you look small or barren or dead or just like lifeless because it's just a seed that's what it's supposed to look like 
when you're planting something, you don't plant it fully fleshed. You plant the lifeless thing. And then when, what grows is not what you planted. So God is, was trying to tell me that what is going to grow out of my little baby steps right now is not the baby steps. Like <laughs> the baby steps right now is meant to be planted. It's meant to go in the ground. It's meant to be lifeless. It's meant to be small. It's meant to be a seed. So when I'm sad that my numbers are small or my finances are small, the brands that are responding to me are small or whatever I'm like upset about, it is supposed to look like that because it's a seed. <laughs> it's supposed to look like that. Like it's supposed to look like this for it to grow. When you plant, you do not plant the body that will be. You plant the seed. <laughs> I hope you understand this. Um, so yeah, I feel like if I keep talking further, I would just keep confusing you. So I hope you understand it. But, you know, we give God this lifeless thing. Maybe it's a relationship that's not going well. Maybe your marriage isn't going well. <laughs> Maybe you don't have this yet or that yet or I don't know. Whatever it may be, you give God the lifeless, seedless thing and he gives you back the body that it's supposed to have. So we're not supposed to have the body right now. We're just supposed to have the seed. It's okay for you to just have the seed right now. It's okay for it to be small right now. It's okay for it to be look dead or look lifeless because that is what you're supposed to plant. It's okay for it to look like this right now because we're planting it. What is gonna grow is not, is, is not this. What's gonna grow is not what you what you sowed in the ground. So your labor, the hard work you're putting in, the hours you're putting in, you know, the self-work that you're putting in, the time you're spending with God, all these things are all they're doing is growing it. And have you ever planted a seed and what grew was a seed? No. <laughs> what grows is the fruit of that seed so it's okay for it to be a seed right now it's okay for you yourself to even be a seed right now it's fine but what's gonna grow is going to be the beautiful bouncy juicy fruit it's not gonna look like this okay okay so that's what i'm exiling i said it was gonna be a bit of a heavy a deep topic and i feel like i could go on and on but I feel like it just makes sense in my head and I don't know if I'm accurately um, expressing it out loud. I hope I am. So yeah, <clears throat> I would love for you guys to read verse 42, 43, 44 of that chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Ugh, it is so good, so good. 1 Corinthians 15, 35 to 44. Amazing, it changed my view on my whole life right now it really did okay so that's what i'm exiling the need for my seed to be a fruit like it's fine that it's just a seed you know it's fine
Alrighty. Okay, so now we're going to go into what to look for in a church. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I am 99% positive that I found the church that I want to go every Sunday. Except that it takes me an hour to get there via train. And it's just... (laughs) It's also in Fidei. I don't know if you are familiar with New York geography. Um, maybe some of you live in New York or you've been, or maybe you don't. You're, you're like in Ghana or South Africa or the UK. Hey. <laughs> and you don't know what New York City looks like. But it's in this place called Fidei, which is short for financial district. And it is like, I hate the way Fidei looks. I just, you can't see the sky because all the buildings are tall. So it looks like you're just walking in like a tunnel because it's just so dark and you don't even see the sky. Like, because all the buildings around you are so tall that it blocks the sun. Yeah, you can't see the sun. That's what I meant to say. You can see the sky, but not the sun because every building is like blocking it. But am I going to get over the long commute and the fact that I don't like the location that much yes why because I spent six months looking for a church and I finally stumbled not stumbled because I'd been there before this was the like I said in my last episode this was the church like one of the very first hangouts that Lucas and I one of the very first places we hung out was at this church's worship night so I'd been there November 2021 but um i never knew that like that would be the church that i go to when i move into new york city um <laughs> lucas my boyfriend is a uh, very um not happy with that decision because he would love for me to come to church with him and i do like his church i think it has a very nice friendly vibe but there's just some things that i'm personally looking for in a church and i feel like you know, I need that. Um, and who knows? Like, it's not set in stone. I think I'm going to probably visit his church, like, maybe once a month, you know, <laughs> just to be there with him. But I feel like I went on a six-month-long journey of trying to find a church. And these are the things that I looked for, okay? These are the things I looked for. And these are, to me... What is very important for a church to have for me to like invest or commit to going there every Sunday. And I really loved my church in Massachusetts. So I'm just kind of sad that, you know, there's no like church like it. But also I'm thinking like if I were to look for a church now, would I go back to my old church? I don't know. My views on like what a church needs to have are kind of changing a bit. So, number one, I have, like, maybe, like, I have, like, a, like, ten things on this list, okay? So, let's just, I'm going to take, take it one by one. Number one, the most important.
important thing. Like, this is a make or break for me. And immediately if I go into a church, because I've been church hopping for the past six months. I've been to numerous churches in New York City. Like, I could actually give you a list of, like, maybe 12, 15 churches I've attended um, in New York City. And a couple of them I went twice or three times. So just so you know, you're counting up the weeks. I was also in Ghana for a month. So maybe I've been church hopping for just five months. But this is something that makes or break the church for me. Like you, if you don't have this intact, like it just, mm. and it's amazing because I can notice this right in the beginning of service that would tell me basically just like what I need to know. Okay, I'm going to stop beating around the bush. What is it? What is my make or break thing that a church needs to have? Good worship. Good worship. I can't stress how much I love worship personally. Like I want to like I want to just like drown in worship, drown in worship music, drown in the sounds of people worshiping. If I visit your church and your worship feels more like you're performing on stage, like you're in a band, rather than worshiping the God of the universe, um, Mm, I won't return. I think a lot of churches, especially the new, modern, cool, hip ones, like that spring up out of nowhere, a lot of them feel like they are like performing for an audience. Because in a way you are, you know, everyone's there, like, you know, it looks like a crowd. So you think blah, blah. You think, oh, maybe I should sing like this. Or, I don't know, like... I think I'm very good at reading people. Um, Lucas can attest to this. I'm very good at just seeing right through you. And I think it's because I, I've i gone through a lot of growth. And I used to be, I used to be not the woman that I am today. But um, I've been through a lot that I can read you. Like you can, t- like, you can just say a sentence and I can immediately tell what that int- what what is the intention behind that what is the intention behind the look i can tell you what you're thinking what somebody else is thinking or feeling i just can read people very well a little bit too scary but like i can really see right through you cuz sometimes i'm like at a church and i'm just like seeing the people there and i'm i'm looking right through them and i'm like you're not really worshiping it feels like you're just like this is like you're on stage. It feels like you're just like performing to others. Um, so yeah, that's one thing I don't like is when people are not really like in the posture. Maybe they are singing a worship song or something, but they're not in the posture of worship. And good worship to me is just very like, I don't know how to describe it, the atmosphere you can feel feel the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit in the atmosphere. People are crying. People are, you know, 
on the floor people are expressing worship freely people are like they're just like engulfed by the presence they don't care what anybody else thinks of them especially the people on stage the people on stage should not care what what they look like or what you know who's looking at them they should be fully immersed in the worship experience and so should the people of the church you know not everyone is going to be fully immersed but like is the atmosphere of the church is everyone like fully immersed in worshiping that they don't care what they look like or is everyone just standing there kind of like a little like like a little like prim and proper clapping their hands you know once in a while like just like not really just trying not to do too much trying to trying to look cute like is, are people trying to look cute and fresh and cool or are they fully immersed in worship i like being fully immersed in the worship i like being fully immersed in the presence of god and i like to feel the presence of god if it feels like we're just singing kumbaya like in the community gathering i don't know i don't like it so that's the one thing i look for is worship and i love that worship oh also how long is their worship are they worshiping for a while that they don't care or is like worship like a 15 minute 20 minute thing they sing like three four set songs and it's done like i want you to feel like you just want to go on for forever <laughs> i know time like churches run on a tight schedule especially when there's a second service or something so you can't really worship forever but like i want i want to i don't want it to feel like it's like a program i don't know if i'm explaining this well but i just don't want it to feel like it's like an event and like oh worship ends at 10 20. like no you should keep going you should worship till you feel like worship is done not just because like time on the clock says worship is over i don't really like that I, that's actually one thing i really strongly dislike when worship runs on like a schedule I don't know. Okay. Two, equally as important as worship is um, how are they, um, how do they express the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Because, you know, when the Holy Spirit came down, he gave people prophecies. He gave people, yeah, the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongue speaking, the gift of tongue interpretation, the gift of, um, like, yeah, what else? Teaching, whatever it is. For me to commit to a church, you have, have to speak in tongues. Like, maybe people would disagree with me on this. I don't care. I'm just telling you what I look for in a church. You have to speak in tongues. Like, the pastor must be able to speak in tongues. The preachers must be able to, the leaders should be able to speak in tongues. The congregation should be encouraged to speak in tongues. The congregation should be encouraged to prophesy. People should be prophesying to you or to me. Like, I need to see that there's an active move of the Holy Spirit in, um, like, I need to see some acts. I need to see some acts acts the bible the, the book in the bible acts that's what i mean i need to see some acts going on you know i need to see prophecies and tongues and stuff like that i really really prioritize that in a church and i think that's really one deal breaker that has been like breaking the deal 
from me at a lot of the churches that I've been looking at in New York City, there's not a lot of encouragement of speaking in tongues or prophesying or interpreting tongues. There's just not much of that going on. And I don't know, I don't like it. I really prioritize that when I'm going to church. I want to feel like other, the people that are leading me, the people that are preaching to me, the people that are praying over me every Sunday. I need to feel like they can see, like that God speaks to them and they can prophesy and they can speak in the heavenly language. It is a heavenly language and I think it's important. And I think it's important for us to work, like be able to speak in tongues as well. So, yeah, that's one thing I, I, I prioritize in a church. The third thing I prioritize in the church, and really, like, these top three things, it's not in order of, like, uh, importance. They're equally as important. It kind of goes hand in hand, is a clear message of the gospel. If I feel like you're kind of twisting some things about the gospel that really shouldn't be there, I don't like it. You know, Christ died for our sins. We are forgiven. He rose on the third day. Jesus was the son of God. It is by faith that we're faith and grace that we're saved, not through works. Um, works is important because works without faith without works is dead. But we are not saved by anything that we do, but by his grace and by believing in Christ. I think that main message is it really does it for me like i think that's the clear gospel and also the trinity like you must believe that god father god the father god the son god the holy spirit are three in one because that's just i know what i believe and i think it should be an alignment whatever church i go to they should have that clear message of the trinity and the clear message of the gospel the fourth thing I look for in a church is a good youthful presence. I want to see people like me. I want to see people my age, a little bit older. I want to see people of all races and sizes. And I actually, that race thingy doesn't matter because when I was in Massachusetts, I went to a predominantly Ghanaian church. I, it's not like I went to a church and I was looking for... Like, I'm like, oh, white people aren't here, so I'm leaving. <laughs> no, I don't mean like that. I just mean, like, I want to see people that look like me. I don't want to walk into a church and see nobody that looks like me. Like, I just will feel out of place. And I will feel like, you know, I don't know, how can you cater to me when there's nobody that looks like me in this church? I don't know. So I need to see people that look like me. Um, I need to see people. And, that's, and I think that's a good thing that a lot of churches in New York City do have is like very good diversity because you know new york is a very big diverse city so it makes sense that whenever i walk into a church there's people of all races all ages all sizes whatever but i definitely need a youthful presence i need i need i need to see that there's a youth community because that's that's what i'm going to be like you know I'm going to be going to this church every Sunday, so I need people that I can relate to, talk to, vibe to, maybe hopefully make friends with. So any people my age, maybe a little bit older, a little bit younger, just like a good, youthful group, youthful community. I need to see that there's a youth, youth community in the church. Um, 
I also heavily look at sermons. Are sermons backed up with scripture? Are you just preaching something that you think sounds good? Like what you're saying, can you back it up with scripture? And do you back it up with scripture? I love when there's a lot of scripture in a sermon because it's like, yes, we're actually talking about God's word and not just like your opinion or what you feel and what you think. But a lot of scripture, I look for when people use a lot of scripture in their sermons. Um, and it makes sense. Like you're not just taking the scripture out of context to fit your narrative, but you're actually just pre preaching God's word with a bit of your own words to it. Yeah, that's what I look for. Um, and then speaking about sermons, I really, 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 really care about an equal amount of conviction and grace in your sermon. There's some churches that are heavy on grace. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, God forgives you. It doesn't matter what you did last Sunday. But then you're saying that every Sunday. Like, it doesn't matter what you did this week. As long as you're in church, it doesn't matter what you did this week. And, you know, sometimes people need to hear that so that it doesn't steer them away from God. Like, it's good to hear that, you know, God will forgive you no matter what. But if you're constantly saying, it doesn't matter what you did this week. It doesn't matter what you did this week. It doesn't matter. What you like, yeah, it does matter. Like, at some point, you should be telling the congregation to change. Repent convict the congregation like i need i need the pastor i need the sermons to be convicting are you just like sugarcoating everything just to make people feel good like is this an is this a motivational message inspirational message or are you preaching the word of god because if you're preaching the word of god there should be some convicting there sh it should make you think it should make you you know reassess what you're doing, how you're doing things, how you live your day to day. Like I, I need you to preach repentance. I need you to preach conviction. I need you to preach that like you can't stay the same as a Christian. Like you do at some point need to change your ways and walk in a righteous path. You know, I think a lot of churches condone being lukewarm and i've seen it firsthand where be, yeah just doing things of the world is not like they don't preach against that enough and it's just like oh it's fine as long as you're in church you're forgiven and god loves you and a lot of those types of churches are just really trying to get people to come in so they don't want to say anything that may ruffle any feathers or make anyone uncomfortable. They just want to grow and grow and grow. So they keep telling everyone, just come, just come, just come. It doesn't matter what you're doing. But it does matter what you're doing your day to day. Like, just being in church on a Sunday doesn't cut it. You have to walk righteously. So I, I do care about the message and if they're preaching conviction um, as well as grace. And I also, on the other hand, I think there's a balance. I also care that you are preaching grace. I care that you are preaching love. I care that everything that you're saying is out of love and not out of rebuke. Like there are also some churches that I've seen firsthand that is always just like about like rebuking, rebuking and rebuking and like just like yelling at people. <laughs> like they're just yelling at the congregation. Like 
like like making God some angry er monster that just wants to eat you up if you don't do everything right. Like you need to have a bit of both. You need to have conviction, but out of love, out of love. And you need to inspire. Like I need to walk from church feeling like, hmm, you know, it's making me think. It's making me do things a bit differently. I'm learning something new every day. I'm not just getting rebuked and yelled at, but I'm also like being poured into, like I feel God's love coming from this preacher, you know? Definitely that. Um, And then with that also, another thing I look for, I think this is like maybe the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is the eight, seventh thing is the people in the church. How do the people in the church carry themselves? Did I walk into smiles, a friendly environment? I think it's easy for a lot of churches to really do have that friendly environment because, you know, we're in the place of worship. So that's a good thing. But I definitely care about how the people in the church carry themselves. Um, and is this a place? Because you are kind of being nurtured whenever you decide to join a church. You're being nurtured by the people in the church because you're surrounding yourselves with them, yourself with them. So how do they carry themselves? What do they do outside of church? Is this, is this how I want to live? You can look at that. And it's, I know that's a bit hard if you're like visiting a church for the first time. Maybe you, you don't know somebody, so you don't even know how they live outside of church. But I think sometimes you can tell by the way people talk to you and all that stuff, like how they carry themselves outside of church. And I think it's important. So I look, I definitely look for that. Um, and then I also look at like traditions. Some churches do like communion every Sunday. Some of them do communion once a month. Some of them do, some of them never do communion. So like little traditions like that, like what tradition am I comfortable with? I know I definitely pra like prioritize the communion. I went to a church where they do it every Sunday. I don't think I need it every Sunday. That's not what made me not go to the church. I wouldn't mind having it every Sunday. Um, the juice and the bread do be hitting sometimes. <laughs> I don't mind that. Um, but I also, I mind never having communion. Like I want to have it at least once a month. So that can also, you know, make it or make or break a church for me. Like if you have communion and like, you know, some other traditions. I went to a church um, in Brooklyn, somewhere in Brooklyn, and it felt very culty to me. Um, I forgot the name. Someone told me it was a kind of church. And I liked the message, but it did feel very culty to me. And I also gave, got very bad vibes from the person I sat next to. I think that maybe she wanted her friend to sit next to her or something, but the, 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 you know, the seat was empty. And this is my first time visiting, so I just sat next to her because the seat was empty. She gives me the dirtiest look ever. And I was like, damn, like immediately I felt super, mm, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm in church. Like I should not be getting this look from somebody in church. So I'm like, okay, weird. Started off very bad vibes. And then when the service started, they were like, turn to your neighbor and, you know, share the peace of Christ with them. She turns to me, gives me the deadliest stare, not like, like the blankest smile, no look in her eyes. She's like, may the peace of God be with you. Or something. may the peace of Christ be with you. And I was like, you don't even mean that. Like, you don't even want me sitting next to you right now. Be so for real. Be so for real. So yeah, I never visited, never went again because it just gave me, ugh, I didn't like it at all. 
Um, so yeah, some traditions like they I think they do that every Sunday where they just say, May the peace of Christ be with you. To like whoever is next to them. And and I don't think it's strange. I don't think it's like a really weird thing to do or anything. But they also have like a bunch of other traditions that they do every Sunday and I just like I don't know, I just didn't feel like it didn't I've never been to a church like that. Maybe maybe that's normal for that type of church, but I just had never been to a church like that. And I wasn't comfortable with it. And you know, go where you're comf like go where it makes you feel comfortable, makes you feel at home. I visited a church where like the the worship was just very like upbeat and like dun, 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 dun. oh like it's like a typical black church I think and I'd never been to a typical black church before. So I've been to an African church, not an African American one. So it was very like African American and it was like dun, 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 like <laughs> and I didn't like it. <laughs> it wasn't bad or anything. I loved the preacher. He was very good. It had the Holy Spirit, blah blah blah. But something about just like the up meat, dancey, jumpy music all the time, I was just like, no, I don't like it. And it's fine. It's fine to not like something that's perfectly fine with somebody else. Like if you're fine going to a church that does this, by all means do it. I think what, what matters is really how you feel. Like you may feel uncomfortable at my church and I love it. And I may feel uncomfortable at yours and you love it. But it's just, you know, all our works, our walks with God is so personal. So all that matters is that you are in an environment that you feel, first of all, you feel the presence of God. And second of all, it's growing you as a Christian. You're being, you're growing, you're maturing and that you feel at home. And, you know, God will also show you like, is this the church for me? And God will show you if that's the church for you. And if it's not, you'll feel it. Um, Another thing I look forward to is, or another thing I look for in a church is community stuff outside of Sundays. Like, do they have a worship night? I mean, it's not a must, but it is important that we're doing, we're meeting not only on Sundays, but maybe we have like a, a worship night once a month or like youth group or, you know, teams, be, community bonding stuff. I just, I think it's fun and cute when churches, you know, meet outside of church or maybe meet outside of on the outside of a Sunday like any other day of the week just to do stuff I think I think that's fun and I like that um, and then one thing um, I like also or I look for and I think this is like the last thing is that the focus is on Jesus the focus is not on marriage. I'm not going to church to find a husband. People around me, people in this church are not here to find a husband. They're not here to find a job. They're not here to make friends or they're not here because they're obsessed with the pastor. Like the focus is God. The focus is God. And the focus is Jesus. That's all that matters. If you're in a church and you feel like People have maybe lost the plot a little bit. Like, we're not really here for Jesus no more. Like, it feels like we're here for something else. It feels like we're here for the pastor. Or it feels like we're here because, you know, we're, people are getting married and I feel like I, I'm going to find my husband at this church. Like, I don't know. People just sometimes, 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 churches can lose the plot where the focus is not on Jesus anymore and the focus is just somewhere else. And I just... I can see it and I don't like it. There's another 
a red flag for me. One red flag, like the biggest red flag in a church is when people esteem their pastor higher, a little bit, almost higher than God in a way. They praise their pastor, worship their pastor. Oh my goodness, like if you don't come to this church and if this pastor isn't your pastor, then God isn't with you or something. Like, it sounds crazy, but it really is the way some people think and act. And I've seen, I'm not saying things I haven't seen. I've seen, I've heard, I see, Every day, it's going on right now, where people esteem, in a, in a couple of churches, I've noticed, people esteem the pastor above God. Or they say, this church is the one true church. Um, <laughs> my brother in Christ. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Like, yeah, I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. Um, so yeah, those are things I look for in a church and that was one red flag, uh, that steers me clear from a church. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really did enjoy talking to you guys about this and I, um, I love you. I do. Thank you for listening and I'm going to see you or talk to you in my next episode. I hope you have fun if you're in a church right now and you know you're vibing with it. I hope you are growing and you're in a place where you feel comfortable and loved and you feel God's presence. And yeah, and if you're looking for a church right now, I pray that you find one that you can connect with and I pray that God shows you which one to go to. And maybe maybe you don't even go to church right now and you kind of have stopped going physically to a church for a while because maybe you were hurt from something that happened at a church you went to. You know, you're dealing with some church hurts at the moment. I pray that God touches your heart, um, kind of eases the pain from the church hurt, and you feel ready soon to go back into a church. And now maybe you look for, you know what to look for in a church, and you know as i know a lot of people say that oh if you are hurt by someone in the church um the church isn't god like god isn't the one that hurt you it's just a person but people make up the church you know so if <laughs> if five a couple more people you know if you are hurt uh I don't know what I'm saying right now. I'm like stumbling on my words. I'm sorry, guys. Bear with me. But if you were hurt by someone in the church and you didn't feel supported or, you know, people in the church didn't advocate for you, you didn't feel like you could talk to anybody, it's easy to say that, you know, God didn't hurt you. The person did. But if you're going to church every day, you're going to be relating with these people. You're going to be talking to these people. So you need to be in a place where you feel safe and heard and supported. The people do make up the church. So it's important to be surrounded by good people. Because there are bad people in every church, but it can't be all of them, okay? <laughs> it can't be all of them. So I pray that if you are dealing with some church hurt right now, that 
God will reveal himself to you in a way that you feel protected and supported and well enough that you're able to step back into a church and know that God is there ready to hug you with open arms. Um, because church is important. Church is very, very important. I saw a quote on Instagram that was like, um, yeah, you don't have to go to church every Sunday, but stay away from home long enough and your wife will divorce you. <laughs> I don't know if I said that right. But like, yeah, everyone's like, oh, I don't need to go to church you know, I have a like I have a relationship with God. I don't need to physically go into church, but church is important. Church is where you learn from others. You, you know, people there are a reflection of God, or hopefully are striving to be a reflection of God. So you need to be in community. When you isolate yourself, it's easier for the devil to talk to you and tell you things. Going to church recently, or finding this church that I really like recently, like. God has spoken to me like never before when I'm in those in that in that space in that building worshiping with everybody else like God has spoken me through, to me through the leaders that prayed for me the sermon everything so it's very important cuz we need people we need people people need people so yeah that's all folks I love you I do I will talk to you. I said this already and I kept going. But I'll talk to you in my next epi. Bye.